Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Wax 104.5. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, and Jill Welke is with us this morning. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. So we had kind of an interesting weekend. Now, you're not into dairy so much. You're into beef and stuff like that. Have you ever heard of a German dish called Dagartha? No. No, you haven't? So this German dish is pig hocks, green potatoes, and onion gravy. Sounds interesting. It is so good. I We had it for my father-in-law's birthday. We celebrated that over the weekend. It's his favorite dish in the world. And everybody looks at me and they're like, what is it? Honest to gosh, it's an old German recipe. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's amazing. But you know those old German recipes usually were pretty good. Oh, they are amazing. My grandma was Norwegian, so we had a lot of Norwegian dishes too. Ooh. Very good. And so there's German on one side and Norwegian on the other. So she used to, oh man, she was a good cook. Oh, I know. That's something that I wish I could cook like that because, oh man. I mean, I saw a couple deer on the road this morning and I'm like, no, don't need to cook them. (laughs) Stay away. (laughs) Yeah, I saw two deer on my way in. How about you? Anything special? Um, nothing special. I had a different vehicle this morning, so it was a little bit different a challenge to driving, but I kind of had to pay attention, so I kept it in between the ditches. Yeah, you got to do that. Well, it looks like we're okay for weather today. It's actually super nice out right now. We're at 25 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. Looks like it's going to be cloudy this morning, clearing off this afternoon with a high of 38 degrees. Time to bust out the t-shirt and shorts. Tonight, about 24. Tomorrow, 37 And Wednesday, hold on tight. We got snow coming in. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. few minutes before the 5 o'clock hour here on a Monday morning. Looks like we're going to get some snow midweek, so keep an eye on that. Otherwise, it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous couple days. We're looking at a high of 38 today, high of 37 tomorrow. I think I'm going to enjoy that. Shorts and t-shirt weather. Some people think we're crazy here in Wisconsin. I say it's just normal. On a Monday morning, it is 5 o'clock on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. New peace talks are about to begin on this fifth day of fighting in Ukraine. The country sent a delegation to meet with Russian officials on the border with Belarus. That's expected to happen at any moment, but Ukraine's president doesn't have high hopes. The United Nations Security Council also called a rare emergency session today as Russian troops battle to overtake Ukraine's capital while advancing into the second largest city. Senator Mitt Romney isn't ready to count Ukraine out in their fight for freedom against Russian forces. They have galvanized the spirit of the entire world. The contrast between that kind of leadership and the puny nature of Vladimir Putin's uh, tyranny 
has really helped people understand the difference between good and evil. Appearing on CNN's State of the Union, the Utah Republican appeared hopeful that the upcoming meeting between Ukrainian and Russian delegations on the border of Belarus would go well. He also praised Ukrainian President Zelensky as a hero. Big tech's social media giants say they're going to restrict advertising from Russia. Scott Carr explains. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter all say they'll curtail Russian advertising on their respective platforms following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Facebook says it's cut off ads from official Russian state sources anywhere in the world. YouTube is not allowing Russian official media sources such as RT to advertise anywhere in Ukraine and have demonetized such sources. Twitter is doing away with all advertising going into Ukraine and Russia. And in a statement yesterday, officials with search giant Google said they'll demonetize all Russian state-funded media. I'm Scott Carr. More people in Russia are protesting President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Police made about 2,100 arrests just yesterday in 48 cities across the country. Several crowds linked arms and chanted. Others held peace signs and some wore masks with the word enough. And it's deadline day in the baseball lockout. MLB sent today for the last chance at a labor deal in order to avoid delaying opening day. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. So now they're... With that Russian-Ukraine story, they're now cutting, Facebook is cutting off Russia, Twitter's cutting them off, and we're going to be hearing eventually here on the news that now they're going to quit selling Russian vodka. Russian vodka. They're, they're actually dumping Russian vodka in support of buying Ukrainian vodka. I guess I never looked at the vodka bottle and wondered where it came from. I'll have to start looking at that. Well, you have more experience with that than oh, yeah. I do. I drink one kind, one time, and <laughs> it didn't end very well. And now, now I'm a, you know, what, what do they call that? Uh, the specialty person. This is my, you know. I would just think it would be a vodka lover myself. Oh, yeah. No, no. I I prefer like water, Pepsi, dairy products. That that's my thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just harassing you a little bit, and we're all just kidding this morning. Oh well, yeah. Well, we'll see how that all goes. Now we're gonna start dumping vodka. So. Yeah, an interesting morning, but we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're actually going to be talking about the Ukraine and Russia issue going on and how that's affecting agriculture. U.S. Representative Tom Tiffany is in the news again today. And a lot of fun stuff. we got a horse judging clinic coming up in March. We'll be talking about that and a whole lot more coming up this morning. It's a Wisconsin tradition, so start spreading the word. Whether you've been farming a little while or all your life, it's time to celebrate and see just what's new with Wisconsin's oldest tradition. Join us for the 58th Annual Eau Claire Farm Show, March 1st and 2nd at the Chippewa Valley Expo Center. Free health clinics and free admission both days. Don't miss this event to celebrate Wisconsin's oldest tradition, the 58th Annual Eau Claire Farm Show, March 1st and 2nd, with free admission from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. both days at the Chippewa Valley Expo Center. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at some of our news this morning before we get to our weather and markets. Ukraine's military has suspended operations at its ports last week after Russian forces invaded the country by land and sea. Russia had earlier suspended movement of the commercial vessels in the Azov Sea until further, norti- full further notice but kept Russian ports in the Black Sea open for navigation. Russia is the world's largest wheat exporter and mainly ships its grain from ports in the Black Sea. Now, Maripol, which is the most important Ukrainian port in the Azov Sea, mainly handles relatively small ships of between 3,000 to 10,000 metric tons and mainly exports wheat, barley, and corn to Mediterranean porters. 
Russia and Ukraine account for 29% of global wheat exports, 19% of world corn supplies, and 80% of world sunflower oil exports. Now, Jill, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the sunflower and how Ukraine is the world's largest supplier of sunflower oil. I never realized that they had that much farmland, yeah. and that must be really something they really focus on. And sunflowers must really be getting along with their climate. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something important that we need to address and keep an eye on. And I guess hopefully they'll settle down here in the next few days and get some peace talks going and, you know, just be friends. You know, good neighbors, good fences, you know. Yeah. Drink some vodka. They'll be happy. Well, and, you know, the conflict really doesn't benefit anybody blowing buildings up and causing all that havoc because somebody's going to have to repair all that all that buildings and all the infrastructure to get things going again yeah yeah i mean there's just a lot of work to go and especially when this all starts and a lot of people get hurt yeah not good but we've got to get moving here we got more stories coming up next and the weather the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our weather this morning. Looks like we're looking at a partly cloudy day today. Cloudy this morning and then it looks like it's going to clear off. We're looking at a high of 38. Tonight is going to be pretty mild and 24 degrees. Tomorrow mostly cloudy, 37. Tomorrow night those clouds will be in at 24 Wednesday, chance of snow with a high of 33, and then back to the cold weather Wednesday night. Snowy and a low of 7. But right now, it's feeling pretty nice out there. We've got Medford, Marshfield, and Wausau all at 21 degrees. La Crosse is at 27. Green Bay at 20. Up in Rice Lake, 26. Madison, 25. Milwaukee, 28. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 25 degrees. I think it feels really nice outside. And as I said earlier, we're going to see Jill tomorrow wearing T-shirts and, you know, shorts, flip-flops. She's going to bust a move tomorrow with that nice weather. And we've got morning markets. Those are coming up next in this morning's markets. I brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Jill just told me before we get to the markets that she does not wear flip-flops. She's going to run barefoot tomorrow. So if you see her really moving in the markets, that's because she's running barefoot tomorrow. Uh. (laughs) Well, Jill, kick us off. What's going on with our morning markets? Choice fed beef steers are 135 and a half to 150 with mix coming in at 108 to 135. Choice fed beef heifers are 133 to 144 with mixed at 85 to 133. Choice fed Holsteins are 116 to 128 with selects coming in at 95 to 115. Cows are 58 to 74 with a top of 93. Bulls are 89 to 104. Butcher hogs are 60 to 71. Sows are 51 to 69 and a half. Boars are 18 to not 29. New crop market lambs are $2 to 210. And feeder lambs are up to 340. Thank you so much, Jill. And we're looking at live cattle for April's at 141.92. That's down 37 cents. June is at 138.30, down 30. August is at 137.42, down 25 cents. 
Feeder cattle for March is at 160.02, that's up 92 cents. April's at 164.75, up 95. May is at 170.60, up 87 cents. Lean hogs for April's at 103.67, that's down a dollar 85. May is at 107.82, down 2.30. June is at 113.87, down 2.22. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, the fighting continues in Ukraine, which is driving up those commodity prices. We've got your March corn up 24 at 683. March oats down 11 at 644. March soybeans up 43 cents to 1633. March soybean meal up eight dollars and forty cents to 456.70 a ton. March wheat up 55 at 898. And on the dairy side, not so good there. We've got the barrel cheese down a nickel at a dollar ninety. Your blocks down seven and a quarter cent to a dollar ninety four and a half. Double A grade butter down seven and a half cent to two fifty eight and three quarters. And your Class 3 futures for February, down 3 at 2092. March, down 61 at 2190. April, down 75 at 2248. May, down 53 at 2238. June, down 33 at 2227. July, down 20 cents at 2222. And we're just going to say it. Markets were downward through March at 23. So not a great ending there, but at least those corn, soybeans, wheat prices, those are coming up. So that's some good news. I think we'll take that part. We need some better commodity prices. Now we got to get those milk markets up. You know, and it's funny. That's like the new hip-hop cool song that kids like. My little nine-year-old, my six-year-old, they almost know every single word to that song. There could be worse songs that they're singing. That is true. That is very true. It's just kind of cute because then they're trying to learn the dance and they're trying to get me to do it. And the, But like I told you off air, the things that kids say. So obviously we've had snow and then they put salt and sand down and then we get more snow and then it gets nice and of course i go down a gravel road and car gets all dirty my six-year-old said to me this weekend mom your car just looks sad because it's so dirty i just i don't want to wash it but yet it's driving me nuts not to have a clean car yeah those cars out there man we're carrying around the salt i wonder if we'd get better gas mileage if we got some of that salt off i know right Well, let's talk a little bit of news this morning before we get into some other things. Legislation aimed at making the process of transferring farm implements after death more efficient passed the state Senate. Currently, beneficiaries who are receiving farm implements are required to go through probate, which is an often lengthy legal process. But now, Senate Bill 893 allows farm implements to be transferred through a process called transfer on death. Through written designation of a beneficiary and witness, transfer on death can bypass the need for the court to get involved. This legislation is supported by 17 agri-landed associations statewide, and it now heads to the assembly that moves on to the governor to be signed into law. So that's some interesting news. And Jill, there's an event coming up on March 26th. Tell us what's all going on at River Falls. The University of Wisconsin-River Falls will offer a horse-judging youth clinic on Saturday, the 26th of March at the campus farm in River Falls. The clinic is intended for 4-H and FFA youth members as well as agricultural education coaches interested in learning or improving their horse-judging skills. Participants of all judging experiences and levels are welcome. Registration deadline is Wednesday, March 23rd. So we've got to mark that on our calendars. March 23rd to get signed up for the Horse Judging Youth Clinic. You know, that's important when kids are trying to learn things. Get them to these clinics. Let's teach them so that they learn and have fun and doing it, too. Teach them the process of judging and stuff. And, you know, when somebody learns how to judge 
whether it's horses or cows or pigs, the whole process is basically the same throughout all the species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always interesting stuff. But we got some interesting stuff coming up. We're going to be hearing from Stephanie down at the southern end of the world's longest barn on fire. Something we never want to hear about, but it seems to happen. Whether you lose your house, your barn, a shed, anything, how devastating it can be. So we're going to be hearing from Stephanie coming up on that next on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Whether that fire hits your house or your barn, it's never, it always upends your whole life and takes a lot of toll for getting your life back in order. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, speaking from personal experience with our house burned in 1991. Stephanie, you have some updates and some plans for taking care of these tragedies that might happen. That's right, Jill. And unfortunately, it's this time of year, late winter or early spring, that is really the prime time for egg building fires. This is because your feedstuffs are very dry, your heaters are on, dust is building up, and rodents are sheltering in your buildings, wreaking some havoc. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I talked to Pittsville Fire Chief Jerry Miner. He shares with me actions you can take today to prevent a barn fire. And if there is a fire... He says, have a plan in place. During the winter months, we see things like thawing out uh, water pipes, uh, electrical issues, because electrical systems might be overloaded. They're not properly set up for that structure. Those are pretty common things in barns, areas where there's a lot of uh, mechanical things going on, maybe in milk houses, things like that. Uh, Electrical problems uh, are something that uh, people need to look at. How old is the wiring in your barn? Chances are, if you have an old complex, you have the original wiring, which might have been fine in 1952. But today, the equipment that we use draws more power, so those systems aren't really, weren't designed for the type of uses that we have today. So, you know, inspecting your electrical service in a barn is, is pretty important, pretty important stuff. And remind people, too, it's not just old buildings that are at risk for fires. Yeah, and again, if you put up a new structure, I I make assumptions that you've used a licensed electrician and built things as close as you can to code. If you're not an electrician, you shouldn't be wiring things, and we do see that from time to time. That's where we, when when you deviate from the the standard or you deviate from the code, uh, that's where problems develop. People might think that they can take shortcuts with electrical issues, and you really, you really can't. So in the wintertime, those are some of the the bigger issues that we see. Thawing out water pipes, if that happens, people have used a variety of uh, methods to thaw out pipes, of which a lot of them are not safe to do. If you're going to be doing any of these things, you need to closely monitor it. You can't turn the heater on and walk away. That's where people get into trouble as well. And Jerry, there's more hazards on the farm that can cause issues that can be prevented. Well, you know, other things related to fires on farms, chemical uh, storage, gasoline, petroleum product storage, where you keep that stuff. One of the other things in in sheds and and in barns as well is uh, storage of chemicals, uh, storage of flammables. They should be stored properly. In other words, in an area away from animals, in an area away from the barn. If they're stored in a shed, they should be kept separate from other things. 
One of the, uh, matter of fact, a recent fire that our neighbors had that we were working on was related to charging batteries. And in the wintertime, we do a lot of that. Well, if you're going to have a battery tender or a battery charger running on something, we, we need to keep an eye on that as well. You know, batteries uh, take a lot of abuse in the wintertime, so uh, having things plugged in, uh, again, you need to monitor that kind of stuff. So doing hot work, uh, welding, grinding, those types of things in your farm shop, make sure that the area is clear uh, from anything that's going to, you know, ignite. You, know, you certainly don't want to be grinding in the area where you store your fuels and, and things like that. You're just inviting a problem when that happens. You know, one of the other big issues with farms or fires in general in the wintertime are our heating systems. Outdoor wood burners are great. gets the fire out of the house. If you have a, a heating system where you have open flame in a stove, wood burner, whatever, inside your shop, you have fire inside the building, which you can make safe, you know, make sure your the area around the stove is policed well. You don't have stuff there that can, when a spark falls out, it's not going to ignite everything on the floor. You need to have space around that heater, that furnace. Make sure the chimney is cleaned regularly, at minimum of once a month. There are other ways to heat buildings, and anytime we, we have heaters going, we should, again, do proper maintenance on them. If your furnace system hasn't seen uh, maintenance in five years, it's a long overdue. And before this conversation we're having today, Jerry, I didn't realize just how flammable dust is. And any spark can really set that aflame. The dust itself is always an issue on a farm. I don't care whose farm you're on. Housekeeping is always an issue. Dust creates multiple problems. If dust is exposed to an ignition source, it's, it's probably going to light. When it lights, it creates an explosion, which also brings down more dust. So doing good housekeeping uh, is important to prevent those kinds of problems. So we have one explosion when the, when the dust ignites, a second explosion when it shakes the rest of the dust off the timbers, it's just kind of a chain reaction thing. So, again, policing the area, keeping things as clean as possible are, are always, always, any time of the year, uh, important issues. But, Jerry, what if something does happen? How should people respond? How should farmers respond to it? Having fire protection systems available uh, and what I'm referring to is the proper size and type of fire extinguishers. A fire extinguisher is not a prevention tool. The fire extinguisher doesn't uh, prevent the fire from happening. It's what you use when prevention didn't, didn't work or you didn't follow the rules. So having adequate fire extinguishers present, and when I say adequate for large barns, I would not have anything less than a 20-pound ABC-type extinguisher. Have it mounted in areas where you can get quick access, in other words, near doorways. So if you walk into that shed and you've got smoke and, and flames coming from another location, you can grab the extinguisher by the door before you enter the building any further. If the extinguisher is buried somewhere on, in your workshop, you'll never find it in time to do any good. Putting them in code in, in businesses, we want them within 75 feet of any doorway. And the same thing should apply on a farm. Keeping the fire extinguisher serviced is important. At least once a year, you should have them serviced by a, a qualified person at a minimum because they're 
in sheds and barns, they are exposed to a lot of moisture and things like that. You should inspect them yourself. Make sure that the holes and nozzles are, are free from debris. You can take a, an extinguisher, tip it upside down, pound on it with a rubber mallet to make sure the powder inside it is not settled. Those are things you can do on your own, but at least once a year you should have them serviced by a qualified technician. How many extinguishers is, should you have? Well, how much property do you have to protect and what size of the buildings that you have to protect is, is where the answer lies. Having extinguishers on equipment is a very good idea. We see harvesting equipment and tractors primarily that have fires. Harvesting equipment, combines, for example. Fires on combines are related to, again, dust accumulation, grease and oil buildup. That's where we see a lot of those ignite. Now, granted, you can have uh, fires and engines and things like that, but those pieces of equipment require pretty much nightly maintenance. If you've been harvesting all day, you need to clean the thing off at the end of the day so that we don't get an accumulation of dust and, and grease and things that when you put them all together uh, start fires. I and that's always interesting to keep those fire extinguishers nearby, you know, even if it's in your house, in your kitchen, in your garage. I mean, even semi-drivers, they have um, fire extinguishers in their trucks at all times. They have to. So it's not a bad thing to have it nearby. And obviously, you grab a phone, call 911 if it starts, you know. I've never lit a fire in my house, you know, with a grease or anything, but I have a fire extinguisher in my kitchen. How about you, Jill? Do you have one? I do. Yeah. They're nice to have, even for just peace of mind to know that it's there in case something does happen. If I'd ever get back to cooking again, I might actually have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even cook? <laughs> Not much anymore. It's a party uh, you want in my house. Yeah, well, and for me, like, everyone has issues, like, with bacon grease in their house. We have a Traeger pellet grill. I take it outside, and I cook my bacon out there. No muss, no fuss, no mess, no nothing. So that Sounds like a good plan to me. I like it. Well, that was Stephanie down at the southern end of the world's longest barn getting a chance to talk with us about fire safety, what we need to do, what not to do, and how to be a little bit more careful. But we got to move on this morning. We've got markets coming up. We'll have Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. He's coming in next. And this morning's markets. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean loves working with our area farmers, and they want to say thank you. And they also want to make 2022 a great year for you with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930 or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, that is definitely true. The crack of dawn never sounded so good because now we've got Rocky Olson with us from Premier Livestock. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning, Kristen. See, how'd you like that little bit, how I gave you that compliment on a Monday? Which one was that? Oh, which one was that? How I just said, you know... The crack of dawn never sounded so good, but now we've got you. Oh, okay, okay. It's a little <laughs> slow, I guess. It's a Monday morning, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get you going for the week. That's right. There you go. <laughs> pump me up. Pump me up. Exactly. Well, we got 20 days till spring, but you've got a busy week before spring hits. Catch us up. What's going on? 
Thank you, Kristen. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did sell 2,600 head of livestock, uh, high choice and prime Holstein steers on the fed cattle markets from 120 to 136, choice beef steers and heifers 130 to 140, market cows much stronger, high yielding cows from 75 to 94. We did have a semi load of corn fed feedlot beef cows, average 90 cents. Most market cows 60 to 74, market bulls high yielding 80. 98 to a dollar 11 lower yielding bulls 90 and down organic market cows sold every monday high yielding cows from 81 to a dollar 15 lower yielding cows 80 and down newborn holstein bull calves mostly from 85 to 215 uh, beef calves 125 to 275 holstein heifer calves 10 to 25 Dairy cattle auctions last week, we had three dairy cattle auctions. We had one Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, selling right at 1,000 head of dairy cattle. Markets were very strong. Uh, we'll start Tuesday, the heifer market. Uh, we've seen most of the open heifers bringing a dollar to a dollar forty-five per pound. Very strong markets. Uh, top Supreme Fresh Cows, 2000 to twenty-nine fifty. dollars uh, That was on Wednesday and Thursday. We sold a 390 cow herd on Thursday. Uh, we've seen the bulk of those cows, uh, hundreds of them cows bringing two to twenty nine fifty. Top spring and heifers fourteen to eighteen fifty. This week we got a big week at Premier. Uh, Tuesday we got our special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction. Expecting six to eight hundred head of feeder cattle. Uh, if you're bringing in uh, bred beef cows, bring them in today or Monday morning or Tuesday morning by nine a.m. for preg checks. Then uh, Wednesday we got our dairy cattle auction featuring uh, two hard to find uh, tie stall herds. Uh, both herds are very nice herds of cows milking in the 70s. One's a nice local herd coming right out of Stanley. Uh, we have a very nice uh, run of springing heifers, including a full load of Holstein red and white heifers. Uh, they're all going to be bred to registered red and white bulls as well. Full listings on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Online bidding this week through Cattle USA. You must pre-register to bid online. And this Friday, we'll have our draft and driving horse auction coming up. We're going to have 250 horses on the offering. Uh, that'll also be on Cattle USA. Questions? Give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. Full details at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com. Don't forget machinery auction coming up here March 25th. Looks like it's going to be a big one. If you guys have equipment to get in, really, really appreciate you get that equipment in this week. We're going to have an advertising deadline for the newspapers, uh, a hard deadline if you want your stuff advertised of March 7th. Questions? Give us a call, 715-229-2500, and Jill, that's how it's shaped up. Well, I'm Kristen. Jill's Jill's sitting here next oh. to me. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> well, I meant to say hi to Jill earlier, so there. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think she got you stumped last week when she asked you if Canadian cows sound the same as Wisconsin cows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was still thinking about it. I should have had a better comeback for that. But... <laughs> well, tomorrow she'll be on with Bob, so then you, you'll be really thrown off. Okay. All right. Well, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good week, Rocky. Hey, thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. And it's that time of the morning. we got to check in with some weather. So let's head over to our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen and Jill. So, now, I heard this morning there's 20 days till spring. That is correct. So are we, I don't know if you remember this as a kid, they used to say March is the month of the lion and the lamb. Yep. If you have a good day, it's the day of the lamb. If you have a cruddy day, it's the day of the lion. Yep. 
So what's the month of March going to bring us? Well, I guess the month of March is going to be a little bit of both. Now, today is more like a lamb because we'll have uh, more sunshine later on this afternoon. And temperatures inching close to that 40-degree mark. I think we'll mostly top out in the upper 30s, though. Uh, but later tonight, more clouds will move in. And that's actually some good news because that'll keep our overnight temperatures up a little bit, only dipping into about the low 20s. Now, we are tracking a slight chance of a little bit of a wintry mix by tomorrow, um, but otherwise mostly cloudy. This isn't going to be a widespread event like we saw last week, but temperatures still will will warm up to about the mid-30s for the most part. Now, later tomorrow night, that's when we can see a little bit more of a wintry mix again, maybe a little bit of freezing rain as well. So while accumulations won't be very high uh, across the board, it may impact your Wednesday morning commute a little bit because some of those chances may even last to the early hours of Wednesday morning. Otherwise, we'll have uh, mostly cloudy conditions on Wednesday and temperatures still holding on to those low to mid 30s. So still going to feel pretty nice. Until Wednesday night, we'll have mostly cloudy conditions and temperatures dropping back to the low teens for the most part and staying pretty cool on Thursday, only warming up to about the mid-20s with mostly cloudy conditions. Right now in Eau Claire, though, looking at mostly cloudy with a temperature of 27 degrees. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. Well, that's got to be a good sign. You know, we're, go- we're leaving February as a lamb. We're coming into March as a lamb. That is true, yes. Yeah, so. I think I like that. And Mike, if you're wrong, I'm just going to have to cook you some lamb chops. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good one, Mike. You too. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist. And this morning's weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. We've got more coming up next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. We are about 22 minutes before the 6 o'clock hour. Let's check in with Morgan McCarthy on some news. Good morning, Morgan. Catch us up. What's going on out there? Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. If you kind of take the weekend to unplug and take a break, I understand that. So on a new week, we plug into headlines that begin in our area with authorities in Eau Claire searching for three missing sex offenders. Court records show Brandon Gaston, Lee Beebe, and Joshua Wakefield have dropped off the radar. Gaston cutting off his GPS monitor and has been unaccounted for since shortly after his release from prison in December. They say Beebe allowed his GPA monitor to die and has been missing since January. Wakefield missing the longest. Police saying no one has heard from him since October. October of last year. In Toma, police say they're looking for the cause of a fire that destroyed five semi-trucks over the weekend. It all happened at Holland Trucking Saturday morning. Firefighters say all five trucks were fully engulfed in flames when they arrived. No one was hurt, but it did take fire crews nearly two hours to put that fire out. Looking into the political stage here, Michael Gableman's probe into the 2020 presidential election in Wisconsin is wrapping up this week. But Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says Republicans may not have legislation based on it drafted anytime soon. As you might imagine, the nature of politics volleys that back. Voss blames Democrats. So much of the information is being obstructed by these new lawsuits and litigation, so it might not be possible, not because of him not doing good work, because he is. The final report from Gableman's taxpayer-funded investigation is set to be released today. The Assembly Elections Committee will be updated tomorrow. Well, the search continues, but nearly 200 people turned out for a search Saturday to find 25-year-old Hamad Fowl, the UW lacrosse student who's been missing since last Monday. Searchers looked at Riverside Park and other places around town. Nobody is sure where he may have gone or if somebody is with him. You're asked to take any information you have to authorities. When it comes to public health, we may get a snapshot peek into that downward trend, coronavirus cases and hospitalizations.
rains continuing to fall the start of week. And dogs usually get all the credit for the fancy tricks, but a cat is skating up in Norway. What, Mark? A video posted to the platform shows the feline Yeezy gliding over the ice with extreme ease with the caption, Should we buy him some skates? While some commenters were worried about Yeezy's paws getting cold, his owner said no need to worry, as Yeezy is a Siberian cat, a breed that is resistant to harsh, cold climates. I'm Mark Mayfield. And I think word is he has a perfect triple axle. We skate off of the ice and into the barn with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show, and then just after 6, Alex takes us into the trough with the usual cast of Unusuals. Wax Morning Show is always here, right with you, live, local, and on Wax 104.5. Thanks so much, Morgan, and thank you again for all the information this morning. But we've got to keep moving along. We've got weather, markets, we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up this morning. We'll be heading over with Jim Lindsay here next, right on Wax. Stay warm this winter with a fireplace TV stand from Furnish 123 in Eau Claire and Rice Lake. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning to check in with some markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.35. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.20 to $1.35. Choice Holstein steers, $1.10 to $1.19. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 76 to 83 with a top of 86. 60% of the cows sold from 60 to 75. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from 59 and down. Organic cows on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to a dollar. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cold bulls sold from 65 to 90. Thin, full horned, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $170 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $290 per head. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, March 4th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to an upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jim. And that was Jim Lindsay over at the Equity Altoona Barn. And now it's time to run over to the Equity Stratford Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Jill, good morning to you. Uh, well, Kristen and Jill both. Good morning to you both. And we'll get we'll get her straight this morning. It's Monday, but week uh, on tap, and the uh, weather looks pretty good. So, uh, well, I guess uh, maybe we're finally falling out of the winter hole into the uh, into the spring deal. So that'll be good. And like you said, what twenty twenty days to spring? Yep, twenty days till spring. And so far, we're leaving February as a lamb, and we're going to come into March as a lamb. And I'm hoping it'll be a good one. Well, I'm open too. Everybody is uh, so. We better uh, give a highlights of what's going on here at Equity Stratford. Uh, and, uh, Kristen and Jill, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. This will be a busy week here at Equity Stratford this week, and we will start this morning, uh, Monday morning, 9:30 a.m. This morning, our auction starts. Well, cows uh, today. Cows have been on a very strong trend weeks, and we look for that to continue today. Also, selling market bulls, fed cattle today. Our baby calves will be. Uh, at the 11.30 this morning, uh, good demand on the good quality bull calves and the beef calves. Very little demand on these heifer calves. 
That'll be the auction today. Tomorrow, Tuesday, busy day here in Stratford. We start tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with the hay and straw auction. A very big selection of hay again for the folks tomorrow. The weather was kind of nasty last week. We're looking for some good weather tomorrow. We have a lot of round bales of second crop. We have a very large consignment, over 40 large square third crop alfalfa. Relative feed value at 137, crude protein at almost 20 at 19.8. So if you folks are looking for some square third crop alfalfa, top quality hay, we're going to have that tomorrow. It will be sold at 10 o'clock tomorrow at Stratford. 11 o'clock tomorrow will be our dairy auction, followed by the market auction on cows and also organic cows. We sell organic cows every Tuesday, and that will be the case also tomorrow. Moving ahead to Wednesday, our auction on Wednesday starts at 10 o'clock, full marketing day on Wednesday, and also we do have a big feeder cattle lined up, sale lined up for Wednesday this week. Uh, generally start around noon on the feeder cattle. We do have bred beef cows for that sale. We also do have a consignment of some very fancy black Angus heifers to a black Angus bull. We do have Holstein heifers, Jersey heifers, along with a lot of beef cattle. That will be on Wednesday at noon. Thursday auction does start at 11, full marketing day also on Thursday. So, again, a busy week on tap here at Equity Stratford. And uh, information on our website, we do have some two upcoming special dairy cattle herd dispersals in March, March 15th. The folks to take a look at that, have some top-quality dairy cattle there. And also, um, district meetings for equity is coming up here in March. I believe Stratford is... Uh, 18th, so you can check all that out. So, Jill, a lot of stuff going on, and Kristen, so uh, we'll turn it back to you girls, and uh, back here tomorrow morning, give an update on the markets, and uh, oh, I don't think we're going to see a increase in the markets like we did with the uh, with the commodities this morning. That's something. Beans and corn up. Just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, now we just got to get those dairy prices up and keep them going up. That's what we need. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, um, milk is, you know, most folks I talk to right now are pretty pleased. Milk is, a lot of guys are getting, you know, 20 and a half, 21, 21 and a half. That's not bad, but the only problem we have with all that is input costs are going to be so high this spring for crops, and that's, you know, what all we're going to be doing is handling a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, well, I'll take money. All right, Jerry, well, we'll catch you tomorrow. Jill will be on with Bob. That sounds real good. Oh, Bob's coming back? He, well, he should. <laughs> you have the, uh, uh, you ladies have uh, spent most of today putting the instructions together for Bob for tomorrow's show, then. That's I know. It's going to be a step by step manual. Okay. Ladies, thank you, and you have a nice day, and uh, folks, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow morning. Thank you. Sounds good. There he goes. That's Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Barn. We've got more markets. Those are coming up next. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. We're 10 minutes before 6 o'clock to check in with some more markets. We've got Michelle over at Terrain Livestock. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, good morning, Tristan. So you are super excited for Mr. Bob to be coming back tomorrow, huh? Oh, wow. I'm like, that's good. It's good that he's coming back to work for a while. Well, I think he needs to do that. Otherwise, you know, it's like retirement. I know he's getting close. I would say, right? I yeah. Know. He's got, but the the vacation time. I mean, in the warm, I don't know. Little envious here. I so. know we all can't be Bob though. <laughs> no, exactly right. Yeah. Well, Michelle, catch us up. What's all going on over at Treen Livestock? 
All right. Thank you, Kristen. Summing up the week of February 21st, saturating livestock market in the slaughter market for last week, we topped at 87. 84% of the cows go from 60 and above. Market cows were 70 to 84. Low yielding cows, 59 to 69. Then in week cows, 58 and lower. In the Holstein steer market choice, 108 to 128. Celeste for 104 and down. For beef type steers and heifers choice, 112 to 134. Selects for 108 and down. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 75 to 98 with utilities of 72 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull cows up from 85 to $226 per head. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to $80 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 80 to 300 per head. In the hog market, butcher hogs were 68 to 75. Sows were 60 to 72 and a half. Today will be our next sale. We'll start with cows at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And, of course, check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all the citrine livestock, your family owned an upright market. Have a great day. You too, Michelle, and be sure to give Bob some, you know, trouble tomorrow. No doubt. All I right. Have a good... I wouldn't let that opportunity go. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you have a great day, Michelle. You too, take care. There she goes. That's Michelle over at Terrain Livestock this morning. And we've got more markets. Those are coming up next. Plus, we're going to be hearing from Dr. Dan Understander. It's a Wisconsin tradition, so start spreading the word. Whether you've been farming a little while or all your life, it's time to celebrate and see just what's new with Wisconsin's oldest tradition. Join us for the 58th Annual Eau Claire Farm Show, March 1st and 2nd at the Chippewa Valley Expo Center. Free health clinics and free admission both days. Don't miss this event to celebrate Wisconsin's oldest tradition, the 58th Annual Eau Claire Farm Show, March 1st and 2nd, with free admission from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. both days at the Chippewa Valley Expo Center. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at our morning markets, we got your March corn up 24 at 683. March oats down 11 at 644. March soybeans up 43 at 1633. March soybean meal was up 840 at 456.70 a ton. March wheat up 55 cents to 898. Country elevators in the area, we've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 620 for corn. Baldwin, Durand, and Elmwood, 625 for corn, 1564 for beans. Mondovi's at 625 and 1559. Ball Creek is at 625 and 1554. Osseo's at 635 for corn, 1564 for beans. Stevens Point is at 1547 for beans. Elk Mount is at 615 and 1548. Sparta's at 623 and 1556. Ellsworth at 612 and 1549. And Buck Country and Dummer's Green Service, 602 and 1517 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area, Boys at 676. Looking at the dairy side, barrel cheese down a nickel to $1.90. Blocks were down seven and a quarter to $1.94 and a half. Double A grade butter was down seven and a half cent to two fifty eight and three quarters. And class three futures for February down three at twenty ninety two. March down sixty one cents to twenty one ninety. April down seventy five cents to twenty two forty eight. May down fifty three to twenty two thirty eight. June down thirty three cents to twenty two twenty seven. And the markets were downward trending through March of 2023. Looking around this year, we had no January thaw, at least in our part of the country, and now we're to the end of February. Hopefully, Mother Nature is going to bring a spring not too far down the road. Dan Undersender is with us today on our Next Girl Alfalfa Update program. And Dan, one of the things we always talk about or should be thinking about is maybe this time of the year, not a bad option for frost seeding. How does that work? 
Yes, Bob, I think that's a, a really good benefit to an awful lot of uh, growers with pastures. Uh, the idea is to broadcast seed in the spring early, uh, and then during that freeze-thaw process that occurs, which could be any time now, uh, then the seed gets incorporated into the soil a little bit, and a percentage of it will germinate. Uh, we've done a lot of trials on this over the years, and it works about two-thirds of the time. That's, uh, in other words, when Mother Nature cooperates that we have periods of freeze-thawing. The important thing to keep in mind is that it is a good way to increase the legume percentage of pastures. Uh, personally, I would recommend uh, broadcasting about two pounds of red clover seed per acre every year. And then uh, one year out of three that it doesn't work, we haven't lost much, but the other two years we've improved our stands. Uh, this is uh, a process that's only recommended for grazing because the clover will come up spotty in the field. And uh, while that's no problem for grazing, it can be a problem for hay or silage making where you have inconsistent percentages of grass and legume down a, a mode and conditioned windrow, which then dry at different rates. So do think about this for pasture. Two pounds, the idea is to get it on about the time the snow is going out, when we still have the sun thawing the soil surface during the day and then it freezing at night. And that's Dr. Dan Undersander talking about the frost and what you need to do. So some interesting stuff there. You can check out more on our podcast. But we're at 25 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, looking at a kind of cloudy day, high of 38 degrees. And don't forget, tomorrow is the day one of the Eau Claire Farm Show at the Old Menards Building. And Jill and I will be there, and we're going to have our fabulous, I don't know what to call him, our friend Bob. Bob Bosel is going to be with us. Our friend Bob should be back. Yeah, I'm I sure know. he's going to have a lot to say about his adventures. I wonder if he'll have a new hairstyle. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to come visit us tomorrow, and then on Wednesday, Bob and Jill will be there. So we've got a busy week coming up. Come and see us.